As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for our guest today, the amazing Fabienne Fredrickson. Welcome to the show, Fabienne. Thanks, Megan. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm sure many of our listeners have probably heard of you, probably know who you are. Maybe even some of them have been your clients. And I'm sure there are people who, shockingly, this is their first time ever discovering you. So let me tell you a little bit about Fabienne, and then she will fill in some of the gaps for us. And we're going to have an incredible conversation today. So stay tuned all the way until the end. So Fabienne Fredrickson is a powerful mentor for solo business owners who seek to make the greatest impact they can in their work, all while creating certainty in their business and financial security in their lives. She believes that when women make their own money and lots of it, they can experience a profound feeling of safety in their life. She's the founder of theleveragebusiness.com and boldheart.com. She's been a mentor to thousands of women entrepreneurs. And this is what I really love. Fabienne has been in the industry for 20 plus years. I love speaking to people who've been around for a long time, who have really grown up in this industry and seen it change because they just bring so much insight to the conversation. So welcome to the show, Fabienne. And how about you fill in some of the gaps based on that intro of you? Yeah, happy to happy to share uh, what I've noticed over the last 20 plus years. So let me give some context for um, the, the people listening today. Um, and I'll just share in, in terms of context and nothing else. I have uh, been in business for 21 years. 14 of those have been at multiple seven figures with three kids. So I... I, I I share that because a lot of women find or believe that they can't do this with little kids at home, which is what I did and part of the best practices. What I have also um, uh, noticed is that the pendulum has been shifting for about 15 years in how business is done for women. And I, I'd like to be one of the one of the Pied Pipers in that movement. And the pendulum that's shifting is this idea that we have to do bro marketing, mm. bro selling, bro masterminding, bro networking, bro launching, things like that. Love the men, been in all the masterminds worked with the majority of them, learned a lot, but had to translate it Mm. for who I am. One of the the things that um, I think is massively important is for a woman to realize that she doesn't have to change who she is. She doesn't have to live fully in her masculine. And there are women in our industry who live fully in their masculine and it's perhaps good for them. This is not what I wanted for myself. Um, what I'm what I'm noticing is that if the women in our industry who embrace that they can be powerful and feminine, powerful, ambitious, healthy ambition, and um, 
intuitive and loving and stay true to themselves are the ones that will last the long haul. The I'll build on what you said. You said, wow, she's been around, Fabienne's been around for a long time. It's where I see people stop is when they are depleted with energy. They have they have put on a mask that isn't themselves. They are they they say, okay, I may be at multiple six figures, but um, there's not that much joy and bliss. I talked to a woman yesterday. She's like, Fabienne, honestly, I'm at high. Uh, no, she said I'm at multiple seven, and I'm not sure if that I, this is not sustainable. And so this is my invitation as we're having this conversation today for those listening to, to think, where am I not being myself? Where am I showing up as a should, as opposed to here's the full expression of who I really am uh, and, the, and, and how I really want to show up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I think it was the week before last. So this is really recently. I had three different conversations with three different women. And they were at two of them were at multiple six figures. One of them is at million dollars a year in, a, in their business. They all have group programs, courses, lots of clients. One of them said, I just want to quit my business, fire mm-hmm. my team, and move back home with my parents. Yep. The other one came to the call crying in tears because another team member says, I'm quitting, I'm gone. And these are her exact words to us. I just want to eat dinner with my family every night. I want to take a Friday off and I want to go see my kid play soccer this weekend, mm-hmm. but I can't because I have so much work to do. Mm-hmm. And so there is this idea that it's one or the other. I can either have this awesome life and spend time with my family and watch my kids grow up. Or I can put the pedal to the metal and grow this business, hit my kind of, I finally made it to a million dollars a year, but now I got to keep pushing. And I know that you really speak into women can have it all. What does that really mean? And how do women even discover what that is for themselves? Yeah. So, and this is what my book's about, right? It's it's the leveraged business, how overwhelmed six-figure business owners reach seven figures and gain their life back. And the whole idea is that once you're at six figures, what got you there? Uh, all hands on deck, uh, being so flexible, having not that many boundaries, uh, letting people hijack your time, too much access, all that stuff will not get you to seven figures with your with your life back. It may it may get you to seven figures, but you will burn out. I've had so many women saying, "I'm about to throw in the towel," yeah. and I, I remind them, just like you probably did with these three women, that you realize that you're in the five top five percent of all entrepreneurs in the world. Not we're not even talking about women entrepreneurs. Okay, so like yeah. you're in the, like really small percentage, and they say, "I I, I can't. I just can't." I'm, I put my kids in the bathtub with as little water as possible. And I sit on the toilet with the lid down with my laptop and one more email and mommy will be right there or massive guilt wanting to take Friday as a spa day. And the key is that when you're at six figures and you want to go to seven figures, you need to work less. That's the only way to grow. And people at first hear that and say, oh, you mean like thinner thighs in 30 days, or I can make a million in a weekend. I don't mean it that way. 
the the being a bottleneck in your business uh the the having a hand in every jar put being the one who even if you have a team is putting out the fires and whack-a-moling things that will never produce exponential growth for you to move to seven figures multiple seven figures with 14 to 16 weeks of vacation a year while your business continues to scale you need to work less and think more, delegate more, be more strategic, do less better. I love what you just said about you need more time to think more. Uh, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I, that's something I do. I share that with clients as well. And sometimes I see that they're a little confused by what we mean when we say you need more time to think because they're connecting it to mindset work. And so they believe thinking is overthinking. And if I'm spending all this time thinking, I'm not doing. So when you say you need to spend more time thinking so that you can navigate into seven figures and also have a really incredible life and take 14 to 16 weeks off for vacation, what are, what are we doing when we're spending this time thinking? What does that look like? What does that sound like? Yeah. So I'm a big proponent. I've been uh, beating the drum of uh, masculine versus feminine in business. So it's not male versus female. It's masculine energy versus feminine energy. And I'll describe both of them and hopefully they'll make sense. And then this will create a context for what I'm about to say next. So if you think about masculine energy in business, it's about action. It's about, uh, it's a solo energy. It's about doing, it's about results. It's about transaction. It's about competition. It's about accumulation. It's about quick, it's action-based, doing energy. Feminine energy is about resting, intuiting, meditation, quiet, rejuvenation, collaboration, uh, nurturing others, but also self, filling the oil lamp back up. It's being energy. It's pulling versus pushing energy. What we've been taught, especially as women, and I'll address this first, is that let's just agree that whether it's 50 years or 5,000 years, everything masculine has been celebrated and rewarded in our global society. And the feminine energy has been tolerated at best, if not humiliated and ridiculed. So if you understand that that's what the context of our growing up female looks like, if you're a high achiever and you believe deep down inside that there's something more for you, you are meant for more, and you've been ridiculed or felt tolerated at best, whether it be in corporate or, you know, whatever, you're going to want to put on a mask to be rewarded. And we put on the mask of the masculine. Doing, 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 learning how to sell with all the, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is fine in the beginning. And then you start to feel like you're running on fumes. The candle, proverbial candle is burning at both ends. And if you understand that feminine energy is about pleasure, 
you you wake up and you're we're people pleasing, we're we're running on fumes, and we get to this point, whether it's six figures, multiple six figures, seven figures, multiple seven, you get all the awards, everybody's looking at you, and you're like, I got nothing left. Yeah. This is unsustainable. And so, because we have a belief system that says it's either this or that, but not both, which is what I call having it all, you say, okay, well, then I've got to, you know, if I can't be the masculine self or do, 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 push, 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 then I'm just going to opt out. And I, 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 the, the way that I work with our members is that I ask them to look outside, look at nature. Everything that works in nature is a combination of yin and yang, masculine and feminine. If everything, let's say the masculine is the sun and it's the bright, right? If we stopped having night and the sun shined 24-7, 365, there would be no fruits and vegetables. There would be no life. Everything would burn. Conversely, if everything was dark, 24 7, 365, nothing would grow either. There would be no life. What works is a combination in about equal parts of feminine and masculine. In your business, it's the same. There are times to push, hustle, masculine energy, uh, times to, to do, and then there are times for quiet, for resting, for uh, thinking, for if you're spiritual like I am, for asking for divine guidance and not being busy enough that you can't hear the divine guidance. Mm -hmm. And when you make time in your year, in your day for both, because we all know that you cannot grow a business exponentially in between client appointments. Nope. Nope. Not when you're whack-a-moleing or putting out fires. When you create intentional large spaces of time i'm i'm leaving for spain tomorrow for the next 5 days to focus on what the next evolution of what i'm here to do is and i would never be able to do it in between podcasts in between you know programs and things like that i love this you know another chat i was having with someone recently they said this was one of the, the other three that i was mentioning she said I just think I want to quit my business because I want to spend time with my family. I want to travel. She lives in uh, Egypt. I want to travel. My kids are in their teens or in their twenties. My daughter's getting married. And I was asking her some questions and she couldn't really answer the questions. And what you're talking about, I experienced last year really heavily. And I was doing all the do I shared with you before we press record kind of where I was in my business the last five years. And I'll be really honest. That was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of pushing. It was a lot of forcing to get to that place. And, you know, you do that long enough and you just think, well, that's what I know. And that's what I know how to do. And that's how I perform. And it's almost as if Fabian last year, my experience was I knew that something needed to change. And the way I would describe it is but I couldn't reach it. It was almost like I was doing so much stuff that there was no space and room for what was already inside to come up to the surface. And so I pressed the pause button. I didn't quit my business. I didn't throw in the towel. I didn't stop you know, running it. 
but I really turned to what I called soul rest. So I could do exactly what you just said. And I didn't know how long it was going to take for things to really come to the surface, but I had to rediscover what really lights me up. What am I passionate about? And sometimes I'll ask clients, do you have a hobby? And they're like, what do you mean? My business is my hobby. I love my business so much. I'm working on it on the weekends. But to your point, and I'd love to hear kind of how you really transitioned when you were at that point in your business and what you really see with your own members as well. It seems like we get to this point where we know something has to change. And I think we're pretty aware what needs to change, but it's almost as if we've forgotten what we really enjoy. And it seems like that is the hard part of that's the challenging part, but it's also in the most joyful part because you you really get to rediscover who you are. What was mm-hmm. that process like for you when you were there? And what do you see in your own members? Is it clunky? Is it easy? What was it like for you? I think it's about giving yourself permission to, um, well, first to figure out what what having it all means to you. I had the the big house with the 13 bathrooms, the butler, the chef, the this, the that. I, I realized that was a should. I picked that up along the way. That didn't actually make me happy. I had to put my ear to my heart, hence the 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 name of my business, Bold Heart. Ear to heart, listen hard, and then boldly go after it. But the but between the listening hard and the boldly go after it is the permission. Mm. The permission to have it, the permission to go against the grain, to go against what everybody else is doing, to really tap in and say, what brings me joy over money, joy Mm. over money, joy over working. And I was actually saying this to Derek, my husband this morning. It's so funny when you find the thing, then it's not work. You literally, you know, you hear people about leaping out of bed, you know, it's like, really? (laughs) I think that's just a construct of like marketing or something like that. But when you weave that into your business and just stop, uh, stop living the way other people are telling you to live and really tap in and say, what brings me exaltation, joy, bliss, even if nobody else is doing it and you give them yourself permission. I'm, I, I moved my family to France mm-hmm. this week. We bought a house in Provence. So we're doing Paris Provence. Now this is our life. I work three hours a day, take all those vacations that I share. That's not, that's not everybody's having it all, but first you give yourself permission by asking yourself, how good could I really have it? Mm. And where do I stop and why? This is the question I've been asking publicly and within my program for 10 years. How good could you have it? Where do you stop and why? And then from here, reverse engineer how you will create a life and a business that supports that, whatever having it all means to you. For me, I went from having three, three day, three times, three day live events per year. Mm -hmm. Uh, launching, honestly, Megan, I was launching uh, every month. Wow. And I did the same uh, three-day event for 14 years. And I was just done, done with launching, just done. And I gave myself permission to just opt out of that and to, to, to get rid of all these programs, all these events, 
and all roads lead to Rome, meaning all roads lead to my program. Whether you're not yet at 10K, that's our growth track. And if you're already at 10K and not yet at a million, that's the leverage track. All conversations, all marketing, all if I do any launching, which I don't really, the books that are being written, everything leads to the program. And I don't launch. And I've got a great team. And it's about it's about leveraging your team, leveraging your systems. These are all the chapters of the book. Mm-hmm. Leveraging your time. And that's not time management. It's a lot of like the, the big hacks that, that we've started to talk about. Leveraging your business model, your marketing, 10x, omnipresence, leveraging your accountability, etc. And when all of that is leveraged, you can... The really cool thing about it is you could sell your business for millions. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or you can just have it run, show up a few hours a day, take Mondays and Fridays off if you want to, spa day, all these vacations, while the business continues to scale. This concept of leverage, most people don't know about it, which is why they're still so involved in the day-to-day operations of their business. And they say, I'm not sure if I can do this anymore. Because there's, they're only masculining. They're not. There's not enough pleasure and downtime and rejuvenation and bliss and joy. Yeah, yeah. Did you think about when you were making this shift in your business? Did you think about how can I structure and systematize my business so that it does become sellable if I do want to walk away from it one day? Did that shift in your thinking from a CEO perspective? really shift the way you were leading your company as the visionary so that Absolutely. you could live kind of life? Yeah. I'll tell you how it happened. When we were um, featured in Inc. Magazine as one of America's fastest um, growing private companies, we were featured three years in a row. And each year after Inc. published our um, company in the listing, we I would receive a phone call from a... Um, what, you, uh, what financial, like the angels, what do you call them? Oh, well, like a, a, a VC, is it a VC? A VC, a VC. A VC, venture capital. Yeah. And I would have the conversation, you know, curious. And they'd say, would you be willing to sell? And in the end, the conversation was always, well, while we love your business and what you're generating, you're still too involved in the business. Mm. And after hearing this for a third time, and I mean, honestly, like, I'll just be really honest with you. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I never really took a, uh, my, li- I had three, I have three kids. Mm-hmm. I never really took a maternity leave with the third one. I'm still resentful about that. Right. I think, I don't even think I had a week. Mm. I was selling, I was, you know, doing all that. And when I realized that this is not how I want to live my life. I was just like, why don't I remove myself as much as possible from the business? I made mistakes in doing that. I removed myself from the brand, but I have the kind of personality where people are really inspired. Some people, I'm not saying everybody, are inspired by how I show up in the world. So I had to put myself back in the brand. But how do I, how did I? I asked myself, how do I do this so my clients don't feel like Elvis is leaving the building? How do I market without me generating everything? How can I be omnipresent? And as you said, like a lot of people have heard of of me or my company, but it 
back then it was me showing up and like doing everything. How can we leverage my intellectual property? How can we leverage my team? How can I set up the right people to do the, the, the coaching while, while the clients still have access to me every week, but I'm only working two to four hours a day. All of those decisions impacted how the business looks like now. And in the end, here's the super interesting thing that I learned. If you set up your business to be sold for millions, it's the same process for setting up such a leveraged business that you really don't have to be in it much. And it is a cash machine. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that at the end of the day, having a leveraged business is like you choose. You can continue to make money and take more than 16 weeks a vacation because your business is so leveraged, it doesn't require you in the day-to-day operations or in the delivery. And that's exactly the kind of business that VC firms and other people want to buy. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't think you need to sell. (laughs) Well, that's what makes it, that's what makes a company so valuable. I think, and I'll ask you this question, when you made this shift, where it wasn't all you, especially all you being the one getting your clients results. So I hear this a lot. Like the big challenge is uh, how am I going to remove myself from the programs from client delivery and my, my clients still implement and still get great results. There's a really big shift when that happens because most people are growing their businesses because it's all them. They're selling themselves. They're doing the one-on-one coaching. They're delivering all the calls in the group program, the mastermind, all the things, the live events and the retreats. And now they've got to remove themselves from that. Did you find it challenging to remove yourself from the one that the clients had all the access to that they were quote unquote getting because that's how they were getting results? What was your challenge in that transition? I I went through the same things where I had to go in in the beginning. It was you get one hour call with Fabienne every month along with the masterminds and all. And, And what I realized is by doing another program that was a series of hours and knowing that not everybody took me up on all those hours, those 10 hours um, a year, I realized that not everybody actually needs access to me, but they think. And when given the opportunity or the choice, they'll say that they need it, but they don't really need it if you have three things in place. And this is what has transformed everything for me and is transforming it with my clients. If you have content, which is you give people results they can't get anywhere else, they, they will, it'll be more about the process. When you give them context, which is how can you get them to actually do the work without you holding their hands, which is what we do in our program. So I'm not holding anybody's hand, but that pop, 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 popcorn. Oh, you got these women getting to a million all the time, getting to 500,000, getting to 10K a month. Pop, 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 because the right context is there for them to implement without holding your hand. And when you have the right culture, when a, a, a woman in business comes into Bold Heart and, and she feels within, let's say my program, but anybody else's program, right? When she feels what she can't feel in her life, when she feels seen, heard, acknowledged, loved, significant, uh, like she belongs to something bigger than herself. When she's got all three of these. That's the magic. There's no competition. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
Here's a question. My last question for us today. We've been talking a lot about business and as women, you know, I've, I've really started paying attention to this. I'll be 40 in June and a lot of peers, friends, colleagues, clients, we're all relatively close to the same age, late thirties, forties, early fifties. And a conversation that's been coming up a lot in circles is I want friends and I want friends, female friends beyond a business partnership, beyond a JV partner, beyond a strategic partnership. And even, you know, some of my peer mastermind groups that I'm in where three or four of us will come together in a peer mastermind group and we'll have a conversation at the beginning. What's the purpose of this? What does everybody want out of it? Almost every woman, almost from a place of shame, like she's trying to hide saying this out loud because she wants to say, well, I want us to help each other grow our business. And everybody just sort of breaks down and says, I want friends. I'm craving friends and connection. How have, how has, you know, your ability to cultivate friendships and people you can really trust, how has that supported you along the way? If I'm being honest with you, Megan, I lost my friends. I think, no, I think a lot of us do because I did it as well. I'll explain to you what happened. I started my business right before I met my now 20 year husband. Okay. I had, we had our baby a year after our marriage So I'm growing my business and I'm growing my marriage and I'm growing my family at the same time. I'm a super social person. Like before my marriage, my friends were my family. And then my friends said, wait, you can't talk on the phone anymore. Wait, you, you're, you know, you're putting everybody, your clients are a priority and in all of this, where am I? Also my success intimidated people. Even if I never talked about it, they would see it on Facebook and they created these images of who they thought I had become. And most of them, if I'm being honest, left. And that's because I didn't leverage my business from the beginning. When you have the right team, the right systems, the right business model, the right accountability, when your entire team is growing your business for you, you have a second in command that runs your business, everything that I teach The sooner you have that in the beginning, the more time you have, right? So when you have the time and it's balanced and you're not just running on fumes, building your business, then you can nurture your relationships. And here's what I've learned is you, we will all put our pillow, our head on the pillow at the end of our life. And we will not think about how many millions we made each year. It will be about the quality of our relationships. And so literally embarrassingly admitting this to you where I had so many friends before I had to actually look up online. How do you make friends? Yeah. And I came across this concept of 50 hours. It takes 50 hours with one person to create a lifelong friend and not all in one thing. And so I have been over the last six years, and now I'm in a different country. I spent most of, spent 36 years in the US. Now I'm in a a whole different continent. I invest in my friendships. I go out of my way to, I had a coffee um, near the Eiffel Tower today for an hour and a half with a woman. And I'm probably only at like 12 hours with her and doing this with everybody. The key is that. The happiest people are those that have the strongest relationships at the end of their life. 
So I'll just share that with you. I've done that. I have a very strong relationship with my husband and my children, unbelievably strong with my children and, and team, of course. But now it's time for the long lasting friendships that have a return on investment. I'm so glad you said that because I think almost every woman I talk to says something very similar. I don't have any friends. Who are my friends? You know, I talk to people, I have acquaintances, I'm connected to people every single day, clients through social media. But are we really putting in the time, the effort, the energy, just like you said, to cultivate and nurture those relationships? And and you do, you know, you get to really nurture those. So we could talk, we could have a whole episode just about that topic. It's a it's it's a hot topic. But I'll tell you what, to do that, to invest in your relationship, you need a leveraged business. You absolutely do. You, you do. You cannot have a whack-a-mole business putting out fires, overworking. It just, it won't happen. No. It's one or the other. Yeah. So where can people buy your book? Where can people enter into your ecosystem, especially those who are hot on the heels of building this leveraged business that they absolutely know is available to them? The best place, I mean, you could get it on Amazon, but then you wouldn't get all the all the extra stuff. So you could go to boldheart.com. There's a free book and, and it's, it's free. I'm transparent about it. It's I'm looking for the person who, who sees this, reads past the introduction, past chapter two and says, I can stop reading. I'm going to, I'm going to call. That's the person I'm looking to reach. Um, then you'll get video series and you'll get all the free, free assessments and cheat sheets and stuff like that. If you get it on the bold heart website and then uh, you can, you can find me on I am bold heart uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Fabienne Fredrickson on LinkedIn, but stay, stay in contact, go poke around, go, go read the, the success stories on bold heart. And just um, if you're listening to this, it starts with the self-belief that you can have this and, and just allow it to expand what you think is possible for yourself. Awesome. And those links are in our show notes. So go click that, go get the book, start reading it today and change your life immediately. Thank you so much, Fabienne. It was amazing to have you on. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.